1: to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Tommy. And I'm Addy. And you're listening to Series 5, Episode 8, Echoes from the Past.
0: And let's start off with one announcement, which is more like a reminder. Over the weekend, we released the final installment of the Cashmere's Betrayal Saga. If you haven't checked those three bonus episodes out, you totally should. Um, They are really some of the best content, I think, that we've put out there. And uh, after you do, you should let us know what you thought. Uh, about it on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram um, at Essential NPCs. So let's move on into words with the GM. Hello, Hello, GM. Hello. This words with the GM. Hello is about series 5, episode 7, Terms and Conditions. Um And the first thing that we're greeted with in this episode is Freight, who <laughs> is a pixie with a very distinctive voice. Yes,
1: I've been waiting to use that voice for a while. <laughs>
0: But uh, what interests me the most about Freight is that she's actually a pixie, which is something that I learned is different from like our regular orcs and elves and whatnot. It's a metasapient.
1: Yes. Uh, uh, Orcs, elves, trolls, humans and dwarves are what make up meta humanity, which is, uh, you know, they're all variants on humanity, but they're still kind of the same, even if they're very different. Um, but, uh, things like, uh, meta sapiens, which are like pixies and Sasquatches and centaurs, uh, they are sentient beings with like their own like kind of culture and, uh, and motivations and everything fully like definitely not critters or beasts. Um, but Definitely not human. (laughs) Um, So they they don't fall into the meta-humanity category. They're meta-sapiens. The reason you might not be familiar with them is because they're not really elaborated on in the core book of Shadowrun. Uh, They come from one of the many source books that Shadowrun has. Uh, I believe they come from Run Faster, which has a ton of alternative character creation options. And I know you've used Run Faster before because you have some qualities from it for Mouse, um, because I have a veritable library of Shadowrun (laughs) books at this point, uh, as I own all of the different source books.
0: So I guess the question then is how do you decide which ones to use? Um, if there's so many with so much content, do you just kind of say anything goes or do you try to like find the things that are balanced or unbalanced and go from there?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean a game like Shadowrun already has, uh, a bunch of rules just in the core book, a ton of things to play with. And you start adding all of these uh, source books into it, and you basically have an encyclopedic amount of different information. And uh, particularly a source book like Run Faster has a ton of, like, variant rules that you can choose if you want to, like, switch up the game or play it a little differently, streamline one aspect or so on, or have strange character choices. Like, in Run Faster, they actually have the rules mapped out for if your players want to play a meta sapient instead of a meta variant. Like if you want to have a player be a Sasquatch or a Pixie. Um, and as you may have noticed when we were setting up characters for the podcast, I did not present Pixie as an option for my player characters. And that's my own, uh, my own choice as a GM. I don't really want to veer too far away from, like, the core uh, version of Shadowrun with, like, orcs and humans and trolls and, you know. Uh, but I did uh, actually allow Covert to choose a meta variant from the same source book, Run Faster. Mm-hmm. Um, they they introduced, you know, different types of orcs, like onies and Satyrs and Hobgoblins. Um, so... Right there, we can see one source book that has parts that I liked and wanted to use and parts that I decided weren't a good fit for my table. And I think that's kind of where you make the distinction. Um, You have to try to decide, first off, how complicated you want your gaming experience to be. The more variant rules you lay on, the more uh, expansions you add to a game, of course, the complexity level goes up. Luckily for me, I like Shadowrun, so <laughs> complexity doesn't usually dissuade me much. Um and then I just try to think of like thematically kind of what I want to go for. Um you start adding in some of those weird metasapiens. you have like a Shadowrunning team that's like a centaur, a Sasquatch and a pixie. It's like, Whoa, What do you do? <laughs>
0: like Which one of those is the face?"
1: Yeah, and how does that work? And like I don't I like it seemed like too many hurdles for me to want to like introduced them as a, as a, a player character. And, uh, so I just kind of gave them the ban at my table, liking that they are in the world, but not necessarily enjoying them as player character options. And, and you know, that's just my own personal opinion that like someone else may be like all pixie squad. Let's do it. <laughs> um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's that's something you do in RPGs just with core books. You know, sometimes there's aspects of core books that you decide you want to homebrew a little bit. You don't necessarily like how that rule works, so you tweak it one way or like you don't want to mess with this aspect of the game, so you just cut it out entirely. When it comes to source books, you should feel more at liberty to just cut and and tweak and adjust however you want. Like anytime I hand over a source book to somebody, I say, "Yeah, if there's anything in here you like, let me know. I'll let you know if you can do it or not."
0: Yeah, um, I know that makes sense to me, especially with all of the. The D and D books that's that have come out recently. There's a lot of stuff that either hasn't I haven't had time to vet or um, or things that I don't like the way they play at my table, and so those character classes either have to be augmented or not included. But again, it's most of the stuff makes it to the table.
1: GM discretion, <laughs> always GM discretion.
0: <laughs> uh, so what was your favorite part?
1: Well, my favorite part as a GM is probably uh, setting up a situation where I could just watch you guys squirm as you waited for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> uh, just the fact that you guys were constantly walking around being like, "But well, this can't be this easy, right? This... <laughs> no, wait, we just paid the person the money and they just gave us the information we want. Obviously, something bad is going to happen. And you get to the apartment complex. You're like, hold on, wait. The, the security here is really lax. We can just walk in. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was really enjoying that because in Shadowrun, you're kind of trained as players to be extremely cautious and anticipate the unexpected and be ready for everything to go sideways. So I had a lot of fun as a GM uh, creating a, a sequence of events that I knew was just going to be like, yeah, if you just do the sensible thing, it works. <laughs> So cruel. I know, I know. But, <laughs> but you know, you can't just always make everything like have a rating 10 host. <laughs> what about you? What was your favorite part?
0: Um, well, my favorite part was that of course, we met Detective Silva at like an ice cream parlor, so we could get <laughs> ice cream later. Well, yeah, <laughs> we've become so much the good guys that we're not like, hey, we're gonna go to a bar and get drunk to celebrate. We're like, let's go for ice cream Sundays. <laughs> uh, and I think that it is a such a vast difference from what most shadow running teams are like and end up doing, just and even in their general disposition. And I, I really enjoy how weird and different we are as compared to like the norm. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I love that so much. And it precipitated into a really interesting scene as well. So all around, uh, the, I thought it was an excellent choice, the the soy cream or whatever yes. it was called. <laughs> cold, was...
1: <laughs> cold, cold Soy Creamery, because when in doubt, just take a pre-existing name of a food chain and add soy to it.
0: Yeah, it was hilarious, so... That was my favorite part.
1: I think there was a uh, commenter on Reddit who said, in regards to this podcast, it's not often you can say a Shadowrun podcast is adorable.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's all bumbles. (laughs) Well, I think, yeah, I think
1: you all play a little part into it, honestly. Um, But yeah. I think that's enough chatter for now. Uh, I believe you guys have a meet with a notorious assassin. (laughs) It's going to go fine. Yeah. Well, let's see how it goes. Uh, Let's move on in and listen to Series 5, Episode 8, Echoes from the Past. Enjoy. It started how it always starts.
2: New team, new Johnson, new job. Except this time, it was different. First, the runners. You got Mouse, tiny sweet girl, more than a little funny in the head, but that doesn't matter much considering she's the best and decker I've ever seen. Then there's Kashmir, about as green as they come, clearly out of his element, but when the cards were down, that boy proved to be one hell of a mage. Then you have Bumbles, Elf, Dryad, uh, eccentric. If you're being polite, you command an entire arsenal of drones with enough firepower to level a whole fraggin' city block. He's the kind of runner you hope you don't need on a job, but if you do, you're fragging glad to have him around. Then there's me, a big red oni named Boomer. My specialty is sneaking in, geeking anyone in the way, and as the leader of the group, keeping those three in line. Next, the Johnson. On the surface, sounds pretty straightforward. The next runner called Pretty B. Fell off the grid a few years back, but I didn't ask why. I'm a professional. Not a line of work, people are entitled to their secrets. Weird thing was, he was paying his hand over fist to help people. Had his clearing out ghouls from the sewers in Redmond, for frag's sake. Like I said, weird. But it's not often you get a line of jobs with a little bit of honor in them. So I was on board from day
0: one. After a while, we earned Brin's, I mean Pretty Bees, trust, and he let us meet his employer, Lawrence Whitmore. Mr. Whitmore was the last genuine anti-establishment businessman, according to my friend Doc. Publicly, Mr. Whitmore had retired a long time ago when he was like really young, but he didn't really. It was all a ruse, and in secret, he started shadow running against the corporations. When he got too old to keep running, he switched to being a Johnson and hired a team of runners to continue the work he started. But not us, we come way later. The runners he hired back then were Bryn's team. Bryn, his sister, Enna, an elf named L'Ariel, and an adept named Jason Black. Bryn told us that all of them had died a long time ago and that's why Mr. Whitmore was looking for a new team. And that's when he found us we could continue his mission to protect those who couldn't protect themselves, especially from the corporations. I learned from Doc that when you have the chance to do something good for somebody else, you should do it. So of course I agreed to help.
3: Unfortunately, no good deed goes unpunished, and no organization rises without inspiring a rival. Havoc 66 arose as a dark mirror to Whitmore and Bren's work led by a madman called hellion it didn't take long before hellion found out about us and we learned that there was quite a lot that whitmore wasn't telling us like that hellion was actually the not so dead jason black the very one that used to run with Bryn. hellion had turned on his old team slaughtering them as he defected from whitmore's cause which we would learn much later was because he wasn't just operating alone See, the funny thing about magic is those of us who are able to harness it are as much under its influence as it is under ours. Hellion had gotten into bed with the wrong kind of spirit. A toxic one. Uh, The spirit drove him mad, uh, desiring only destruction. It took Whitmore's anti-corporation agenda and uh, perverted it, uh, causing Hellion to see violence as the only solution. But before we had a chance to prepare for the coming onslaught, Hellion made his move against the corpse and Whitmore. He broke into the estate and murdered Whitmore right in front of us. Then he stole Whitmore's personal shuttle, blasting off into space. As the alien had set into motion a series of events that gave him the opportunity to hit the corporations where it would hurt them the most.
4: Now the thing about AAA Corpse is they're much too big to take down. That said, they did put quite a few of their eggs in one basket. Zurich Orbital Station. The station is, was, a seat of power for the AAAs. The Matrix, their bank, and even the corporate court was housed there. Like I said, a lot of eggs in one nice mid-sized space basket. Hellion's plan was to take over the station and crash it on Seattle. Not quite an extinction level event, but certainly a global catastrophe. Naturally, the only reasonable thing for us to do was follow him up into space and stop him. Which we did! Sort of. We definitely took Hellion out, just not before he had done enough damage to the station to send it careening earthward. But with a little help from Mouse, we managed to make the whole space station rigger interfaced. That's right, for a few glorious minutes, I was a space station. While rigged in, I had to break poor Zurich Orbital apart. It fell into the ocean in little bitty pieces, causing basically no damage at all. And we became global heroes. Except no one knows, because we're shadow runners, and the corpse would love to pin this on us. So we decided to lay low, in Whitmore's mansion. It was the only sensible choice. That's where we've been since then, keeping our heads down while Bryn lines up the next job.
5: And that's where I come in. This crusade Whitmore started is more than just a mission. It's my legacy. My name is Nim, and Lawrence Whitmore was my father. Whitmore sacrificed everything for his crusade against the corpse, including his relationship with my mother, L'Oreal. I never understood how he could just neglect us for his greater purpose. When I was old enough to join his team, he didn't offer, and I didn't ask. Some people would consider that a lucky break for me if they knew what happened next. When Jason Black murdered my mother, I faked my death and fled overseas. And it wasn't even hard, considering my ability to magically impersonate literally anyone I meet. I needed to start a new life as someone else. To get away from him and, well, everything. I never understood how important my father's mission was until after he died. And then, it was too late. It wasn't really a decision to come back to Seattle, it was... Something else, an an imperative. I have to try to make things right, in whatever way I can. I returned to the manor and met Brynn's new team. And apparently the mage they've been running with, this cashmere guy, ended up just like Jason. He turned toxic, betrayed his team, and ran away. I can understand why they've had some trouble trusting me. It took me this long to start letting people back into my life after a toxic mage tore it apart. Hopefully, they're not as slow on the uptake.
1: The last time we left our shadow running team, uh they were on the hunt for uh an Evo expat named Isaac Boonin, uh and it turned out that he had been exfiltrated um by a group of coyotes run by a pixie named Freight. They met with Freight uh, to try to get some intel on exactly what went down, and it turned out one of the members of that extraction team uh, wasn't a regular member of Freight's crew. Instead, he was an assassin from the mysterious Mizashi clan. And it turned out that... The Mizashi clan wanted to extract Isaac Boonin for some reason, unknown to Freight, uh, to try to get a line on where this mysterious assassin, who goes by the name D'Artagnan, they decided to break into the apartment of a detective who was apparently on the hunt for uh, D'Artagnan. The detective's name is maria silva uh they broke into her apartment it was incredibly easy almost disconcertingly so (laughs) and uh they got all of her data um and apparently she is on the hunt for d'artagnan for murdering her part partner zachariah wells along with a bunch of other yakuza people who her and zachariah were um trying to build a case on they then decided or the team then decided to contact Maria Silva and make a tentative partnership. She's looking for D'Artagnan, they're looking for D'Artagnan. Why not work together? Uh Nim met with Detective Silva uh at a cold soy creamery and laid out the terms of their agreement and gave her an offering um in the Wakazashi sword that uh was presumably used to murder her partner. Then the team worked their contacts to try and find this D'Artagnan character. Yama came through, uh, getting, giving them a, a number they could reach D'Artagnan at. They called him up, and he said he was willing to meet and gave them a location, a uh, roadhouse off of Highway 405. You guys are meeting him tonight. Uh, I believe two hours was the time frame you gave from the phone call to meeting him. Um, and Bumbles, uh, you rushed off to go get your new suit from Lockham and Grep. Uh, you jumped in the changing room and uh, you, you come on out. Uh, your new suit is fantastic. I mean, it, it's like it doesn't look any different. Um, it feels just slightly heavier than before, but not, like, in a restrictive way. It just, like, has more, like, a slight more heft to it, but the the material doesn't, uh, like, isn't harder to move in or anything like that. Um, and, uh, uh, it always kind of, like, had a slight sheen to it, um, uh, given the fact that it is, you know, a chromatic fabric that can change, um, but, like, it seems like the... The coating over it just has, like, an even slightly more reflective surface. And uh, uh Lockham and Grep are waiting for you as you come out of the dressing room. They're like, how do you like it, Bumbles?
4: It's great. I like that it's shinier, too. You know, it always feels good when you get something new and it's shinier than the last <laughs> thing you had. Well... You wanted the
1: radiation shielding. and Yes, very much so. We, we went ahead and put as much of that on as we could. But while we were doing it, we figured we'd update the fabric a little bit too while we were at it. So we put, uh, we had this new uh, material lying around that we wanted to try out. It reflects lasers. Oh, that's very good. We didn't charge you for it because it probably won't come up. (laughs) Right, sure. But now you have universal mirror material, that's what they call it. That's fantastic. This is great. a while back you sent us a message about Faraday pockets, so we put a Faraday pocket in it for you. Oh, this is great. So I can
4: just... Anything in there and it's just... It's just... Faradayed. Doesn't exist on the Matrix. That's great. I... This is fantastic. This is the greatest suit anyone has made for anyone ever.
1: And Lockham and Grab look at each other and smile. And Lockham's like, we're so glad you like it.
4: I love it. Well, thank you very much. I will continue to recommend your services to all of my friends in need of tactical suits.
1: A happy customer is the best customer,
6: we always say. <laughs>
4: or at least we should start saying... Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a great slogan,
6: really. Maybe
1: we can go ahead and put it up on the window or something. It'll just get graffitied over. <laughs> and they start having a discussion as you leave.
4: <laughs> cool. All right. Um, I drive back to the mansion. I do give Jerry a call, though, as I have had an idea for a thing that maybe he can help with. All right. It rings a couple times. <gasps> Hello? Jerry!
6: Bumbles!
4: Jerry, it's good to hear your voice.
6: Oh, Bumbles, I was so worried. I wasn't sure that Bryn was going to be able to get this contact number to you. Oh, I really, really appreciate what you did for me, Bumbles. It's a whole new life, Bumbles. I really... You're just the best friend a guy could have.
4: <laughs> I'm I'm so glad that we could set you up with a new life, Jerry. Um, Listen... I'm gonna send you something. I've been drawing up plans for it, um but the materials are rather hard to come by around here, given the current situation, you know.
6: Right. Well, what what is this? Is it like a is it a drone? Is it a gun? What are we looking at here?
4: Right, so I send him the plans for uh it's basically a Lockheed Optic X2 drone, which is sort of a tablet sized drone that folds out into sort of like a big airplane and uh, a sort of one-time use frame upon which you could attach a bunch of fly spies it's basically a miniature aircraft carrier for a swarm that fits in my pocket also um a very large heavy pistol if he can find it
6: oh man that's a really interesting design bumbles it's i like the way that like the fly spies are just kind of molded into the one time frame. That's in. Yeah, I can probably get you this stuff. Um, it's, uh. It's gonna be kind of costly though. I'm obviously, you know. The normal fee for making something fall off of the truck, except for this time it's a boat. Because I don't know if you heard Bumbles, but Brin set me up. I'm it's
4: it's best if you don't say over the phone, Jerry.
6: Right. That's <laughs> you're so smart, Bumbles. Um. Yeah. Anyways, it's gonna be like probably twenty eight thousand nuyen you're looking at.
4: Right. Um. What if it was twenty six thousand?
6: Oh, Bumbles! I don't know. I mean, is I uh, just got this job? Go ahead and roll negotiate. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's four hits.
6: Yeah, I mean, for you, Bumbles. I I suppose it's uh, I could do twenty six. It's probably for a good cause anyway, right? It's
4: it's for a very good cause, Jerry. I, I don't mean to. Don't freak out, okay? Oh no! <laughs> uh, but me and my team, we've been doing some investigative work, and we have uncovered the source of the Ghoul King.
6: <gasps> no, I thought we, I thought we were
4: past that. I thought the Ghoul t- King died. The Ghoul King did die, Jerry. I killed him in space. <laughs> Now don't freak out.
6: I'm not going to freak out, Bumbles. Because
4: remember what happened the last time you freaked out.
6: Oh, yeah, I do. vividly.
4: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Evo is trying to clone the Ghoul King and we're going to stop them. But I do need this thing I have sent you to procure in order to do that.
6: You can count on me, Bumbles. I'll get it sent your way. Uh it'll probably take a little less than a week, but I'll see what I can do.
4: All right, Jerry. You stay safe out there.
6: I can't believe... Cool kick again. <laughs> up.
1: <laughs> I drive home. <laughs> yeah, uh, you you get back to the mansion. Everyone's there getting ready to go meet an assassin at a roadhouse. Uh, you guys have anything you want to do in preparation for that, or are we just going?
5: Where, where is Bryn right now? Bryn is... Uh, upstairs
1: rewiring a part of the house that Bumbles got a little too carried away with. Uh, not that Bumbles like broke anything. It's just Bryn doesn't agree with what Bumbles did (laughs) and is just like undoing what Bumbles did.
4: I motorized all the ladders that swing around the library (laughs) because then you have, you, you have to push them otherwise.
5: (laughs) And, and where's Boomer?
1: I don't know. Where's Boomer?
2: I'm getting my stuff ready for the meeting. Are you up in your Not room? I'm bringing a whole lot. Yeah.
5: Okay. Uh, I would like to uh, change my face to look like Brynn.
1: Sure. Easy enough for you.
5: And uh, cast fashion to uh, simulate his clothing as well.
1: Also easy enough for you.
5: Great. Uh, so then I want to go to Boomer's room and, and knock on the door. Yeah, come in. Hey, Boomer.
2: Oh, uh, what's up, Brent?
5: Um, can we talk for a second? I'm going to slide in the room and kind of close the door behind me.
2: <laughs> yeah, what's going on?
5: I, you know, I just, there's never been a great time to say this. And um, I know you guys are about to go out on a job. I just, I need to get something off my chest. Well, go on. Okay. It's kind of small, but it's, it's important. So my, my name is actually Brent. <laughs> when, when Whitmore, when Whitmore, you know, I, when I came onto his team as a teenager, he thought it was Bryn and I went along with it cause I was young and then like too many years had passed and there was nothing I could do. And you know, I've just, people have just called me Bryn all these years and they've gotten used to it. But I'd really, you know, I'd like to be called Brent again. Like, that's my real name.
2: Holy frag. Why did you say something sooner? That's (laughs) gotta be, uh, it's gotta be real frustrating, Brent.
5: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. It was just awkward and I didn't know how to approach the subject. And can you, like, just don't make a big deal out of it? You know, I'd appreciate it. But if you could just call me Brent from now on, that would be, that would just mean a lot to me.
2: Yeah, of course. Anything.
5: Thanks, Boomer. I really Anything appreciate you, it. Anything for Brent. All right. Well, good luck. Good luck on your mission. I, I'll see you guys when you, when you get back.
2: Thanks. And don't worry. I'll have them saying Brent in no time.
5: Thanks, Boomer. Knew I could count on you. <laughs> I'll uh, head out.
2: Why didn't he say something sooner? <laughs>
5: <laughs> and I'll uh, change back into my regular face. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then Bubbles
1: gets home.
4: I would like to check on my project in the library. Have the numerous drones I set up to read books for me come online? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> you can assume if I'm in the car waiting, I am reading four books from now on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Just little, little tiny, like uh, basically, he repurposed some like waiter, uh, some like uh, server drones um that usually just like carry like trays of drinks around and he just basically put like a little tiny camera like spout so that uh, and like a little little like one finger arm that can turn pages so that like it's like scoops up a book and then turns the pages while like very very quickly while like pointing the camera at the pages he has uh he has like 4 of them <laughs> <laughs> that float around the library now in and you also notice that Bryn has uh disabled your your pneumatic ladders that that were zipping around
4: right that's why i had to get the drones
1: (laughs) all right you guys going to this roadhouse yeah yep i'm I'm just
2: wearing my normal outfit with uh but tucked underneath i have my Ares crusader
4: okay you got a pistol hidden uh quick team meeting this seems like a two-car job right
0: what why
4: well, cuz of, you know, the the roadhouse with all the bikers inside who are a gang of murderous bikers.
0: I don't understand. Doesn't doesn't just two cars mean that there's more for them to shoot at?
4: Well, sort of, but there's also more for me to shoot at them with.
0: Mm. And you want them to target the fancy car so they steal it so we keep spot.
4: I don't respond to that. Um.
0: <laughs> Smart.
4: <laughs> All right, yeah, I get in the mock 6. Everyone into spot. I will drive us there.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys are in, like, you know, mid to almost northern Bellevue on the coast of, the, of Lake Washington. The roadhouse is just a little south of where the 405 meets I-90, um, and it's not that hard of a drive. That's, that's on, like, the southern part of Bellevue. So you guys just – you can get there relatively easily.
4: Um, is there anything in the
1: Journal of Whitmore's that
4: I'm reading about the 405 hellhounds?
1: Mm, Roll Underworld. Or gangs if you have them. One hit. Uh, I mean, there's like a little note in them. He doesn't seem to have that many dealings with them. Uh, They don't rock the boat too often. They're just like on a list of a bunch of other... uh, Like motorcycle gangs. um, Or go gangs, as they're called. Uh, There's just a list of a bunch of them that operate like... Throughout Seattle. Um, They, it's like... You, you see them next to a list. It's like 405 Hellhounds operate primarily on the 405. And then you have like the Leather Devils on I-90. Uh, and then you have the Spikes who are down in Tacoma and the Red Rovers who are up in Everett. And the Blue Mountain Boys who are primarily in Auburn. Um, but like doesn't really say much more than that and you just know like go gangers in general they tend to be like smugglers uh they like police that the their specific strips so that only they can smuggle stuff through there that kind of stuff cool alright uh so you guys pull off of the 405 and go down some seedy streets and you pull up to uh, uh the building where the coordinates are there's a ton of motorcycles lined up out front the uh The building itself is rather drab on the outside. It looks kind of like a standard dive, um, particularly in the fact that it has no windows on the first floor, uh, and then on the second floor, all of its windows are heavily barred. The walls are painted in a chip, sun-faded black paint, uh, and there is a cracked and backlit sign above the door that says, The Kennel. As you guys pull up and, like, look at that sign, uh, your AR um, actually comes to life around it um, as, an, as an animated advertisement of two hellhounds uh, appear in a burst of flame on either side of the sign. They're very poorly animated. <laughs> uh, it's, like, very, very budget AR advertisement. And uh, all of the motorcycles out front... High-quality mods, custom paint jobs, like, real works of art. What do you guys do?
2: Oh, man. Look at these bikes. These are quite nice.
0: Can I matrix perception? Sure. Six hits.
1: Yeah, are you looking for anything in particular?
0: Um, is there, like, a like a security host, or, or I guess just a host in general? Something that would let me, maybe, if there are cameras on the inside... Access those cameras or like uh, anything that might be looking at us if we approach, or yeah, so general, you see general lay of the land.
1: You see the public host of the kennel, um, it's like a shitty, not that great host. Um, and like popping into it for a second just to take a peek, you see it, but it doesn't even have like ordering options like some of the other like bars and restaurants would have, it has like a two dimensional image of the menu. And the hours, and that's like it. <laughs> maybe, maybe some like photos of like regulars too—a bunch of really muscular, tattooed people. <laughs> um, and then you also see the uh, private host um, of the uh, of the kennel. It is rating three host, so the security is not super tight. It looks like on the matrix.
0: Okay, cool. Can I um? Can I have it, please? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: You can very. I'm not gonna have you roll for it. You can very easily hack a rating three host. Cool. Wirelessly. That's not gonna be a problem. Can for you. I?
0: Can I look around and see if there's um, like security cameras and stuff, or, or if there's any countermeasures in the, here?
1: There are only security cameras on the outside. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any security cameras looking at the patrons inside. Probably to hide whatever's going on in there. <laughs> but okay. the, But there are cameras that monitor the outside, so they can see. Like it's actually like a pretty good like, 360 view of all of the, like, area around, um, you would guess probably to make sure no one sneaks up on the building.
0: <laughs> okay. Cool. I guess that is all for me.
1: Yeah. You also <laughs> see, like, a million comlinks, tons of weapons and, uh, and vehicles and, oh, it, it, like, you you do see a couple cyberdecks, too, and some things are, some things are slave to cyberdecks. Um, so, like, you, you get the feeling, like, there's a ton of people inside this bar. Oh, okay. Um, and almost all of them seem to be... have a criminal element to them. <laughs>
0: cool. Are there any cyber decks that I would be interested in?
1: Stealing from No, someone? just,
0: like, you know, maybe would be something I would be afraid of or
1: none of them concerned are, about. None of them are as good as your
0: deck. Are there any that are close?
1: There's one that's close. Cool.
0: I would like to save that icon for sure. later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can you can like, you know, put a little like not a mark on it, but like a little uh a little indicator next to it to like so that you make sure it doesn't do anything, you know, weird. Yeah. You keep it running in your AR display so yeah. you can you can make sure you can And
0: maybe it we can be friends.
1: <laughs> yeah, this icon to it, this icon is um as far as you can tell uh, a hellhound.
0: <laughs> cool. Aww, it's so cute.
1: Uh, yeah. What do you guys do? As you pull up to the kennel, I park very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hit any of the bikes. It's okay.
0: <laughs> Are we? Is this? Is this like a, a a meet? Is this like a bad guy? Are we like? What? How? What's?
4: This seems like a me and you stay in the cars and Boomer and Nim go inside type of deal.
5: Okay. That sounds good. Yeah? Okay. Uh,
1: Nim, I assume you're disguising yourself up? Yes. Uh, go ahead and roll that, just so... Uh... Six hits. Cool. You have a very convincing disguise of what?
5: Uh, so I want to have a, a leather jacket. Okay. Um, with... Patches sewn all over it and I want to put some tattoos on my arm of like a skull and crossbones maybe a dagger yeah Um, and uh, my hair is going to be like a red mohawk cool
1: are you uh, male female I'll be female okay cool yeah Uh, so Nim uh, before she goes in uh, rearranges her face changes her hair uh, and looks like a pretty hard lady uh, so, uh, Nim and Boomer step out of spot and head up to the kennel. Yeah.
2: I see her, uh, I see her changing her face around. So I, uh, I kind of puff up my chest and, uh, say in a deeper voice than normal. All right, let's go in.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do this. <laughs> I'll try to chest bump Boomer and then like fall down. <laughs>
2: uh, we'll work on no it later. No one saw
5: that. <laughs>
1: Uh, so yeah, you guys walk up. Uh, you kind of have to like shoulder shove the door to make it open. It's pretty heavy and a little sticky, and uh, but it's like a piece of cake for you, Boomer. You you might not even notice. Um, and the interior is pretty much what you uh, would expect from what you saw outside. Uh, most of the decor is either red or black, uh, with skulls, flames, and pinup girls making up all the artwork on the walls uh and the lights are dim enough, so even you uh nim and boomer uh being an elf and an orc respectively uh, have just a little bit of trouble seeing how truly filthy the surfaces are. Um, The ground of the floor is almost er, the ground floor is almost all one square room uh, relatively large size uh, but it has one convex corner in the far left uh, with the words shitter carved into a loosely fastened door the bar takes up the right wall of the ground floor and then there's a staircase that is flush against the left wall uh and the rest of the space is just loosely filled with high top tables couple booths uh, uh and the place is packed um and it doesn't seem like anyone is in charge of cleanup uh, <laughs> uh this is
2: my kind of place
1: there's uh there's dirty pints and bottles that like are littering every table crushed cans um and like when people like you see a group of people like they get their drinks and they like find an empty table they just kind of shove or stack the trash to one side of the table so they can fit their drinks uh there's two people having a fight in the in the back um and some people like seem unfazed by it a couple other people find it amusing but like it's like this girl just punching this dude in the face like over and over again uh everyone in here is what you would expect they look like bikers they're huge muscular tattooed or like wiry and dangerous looking still tattooed um uh, everyone's wearing like leathers um some people are openly carrying firearms um and when you guys walk in it it doesn't go quiet <laughs> and the like the music doesn't stop and people don't like immediately like all turn to look at you guys but you do catch like a like, There's a ton of – you without even having to roll a perception test, uh, you can tell a ton of people notice you guys and, like, mark you and look suspiciously at you. Uh, In fact, one guy does approach you. One guy who uh, I guess is probably the doorman uh, walks up to you guys and, uh, like, kind of squares off. He is human, so he's not as tall as Boomer. Um, or, or you, for that matter, Nim. He's a little bit shorter than you guys. But for a human, he's still large and muscular. Um, and uh, he, he, like, looks at you guys. He's got, like, uh, he's got a big old beard and, like, a scar over one eye. Um, and um, his head shaved. And uh, he looks at you guys. He's like, you sure you're in the right place?
5: Yeah, of course we are. Hey, is, is your name Scar?
1: The fuck you talking about?
5: You know, you got the scar over your eye. Saw that in a mo- in a trid once.
1: <laughs> Boomer
2: looks at Nim.
5: Seems like a badass name for a guy like you. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he grits his teeth, looks at you, and then looks at uh, uh at Boomer and goes, "I guess she's supposed to be the funny one, huh?"
2: Yeah.
5: <laughs> he don't talk much.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll etiquette, both of you. <laughs> I will tell you, Boomer, your threshold is a lot lower than Nim's threshold. This is an area where you're relatively comfortable.
5: (laughs) Four hits.
2: Three hits.
1: Yeah. So he kind of looks at you guys, and and then he, like, spits on the ground and goes, uh, wash your asses, or I'll be be throwing both of you out, no matter how big you are. And he, like, scowls at Boomer, who appropriately scowls back. (laughs) And uh, the dude steps out of the way and uh uh sits back on a stool nearby the
5: door uh i'd like to sense sure the room yeah go ahead and roll it up
1: uh you can see the awakened people and the non-awakened people um the mood of the area is uh violent revelry <laughs> um uh uh Everyone seems to be having a good time, even if they're, like, smashing bottles over someone's head or having a bottle smashed over their head. There's not, like, like a brawl going on, but, like, people seem to take pleasure in, like, testing each other's, like, badassery by, like, occasionally punching each other or, like, you know smashing a bottle or or like you know shoving someone out of like an area to take it for their own and then getting punched like those kind of things like it all seems to be in good fun and then everyone like buys a drink afterwards um the the only one that's not like a, a pure revelry is the dude who's getting punched in the face by the girl um but everyone around there uh uh like you get like the smallest sense of like justice in that corner
4: <laughs> hey mouse can you see which of these bikes are tied to decks.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, uh
1: the you saw
0: which ones th- appeared when I
1: yeah, so you saw like three or four cyber decks, uh, we'll say four, um, and out on the uh out in the like lot with you guys, I'd say about ten of the bikes are um slaved to one of the cyber decks, like not all one cyber deck but like slaved to a cyber
0: deck, right um. Do you want the ones that aren't or are?
4: Um, or both? E- either way sort of gets me what I need to know. I'll make
0: them different colors. That would
4: be fantastic. I target lock just in case on all of the ones not tied to Cyberdex. Okay.
0: Uh,
1: and Nim and Boomer um, looking around. Uh, there's a whole mess of metahumanity in here. Uh, there's even a Minotaur in the back. Um, but, uh, uh, like there's plenty of dwarves. So, you know, just looking for a dwarf doesn't like tell you where this D'Artagnan guy is. Um, but, uh, there's no real reason for you guys to roll a perception test. He's not being sneaky or anything. Eventually you do see in the corner at one of the, uh, ratty torn up booths. Uh, there is a dwarf sitting there and his leather jacket has the Mizashi clan, uh, patch. On the shoulder that you saw in the uh, security feed for Isaac Boonin.
5: I'd like to go to the bar and buy three pints.
1: Sure. You do that easily enough.
5: And I'll hand one to Boomer and take the other two over towards the table.
1: She And you guys walk up to the table. Uh, The dwarf sitting there. Uh, he is wearing the, the black armored leather jacket with the, with the yellow and black Masashi logo on the shoulder. Um, he's got, uh, blonde hair, um, in like a, a, like shortly cropped, uh, beard, um, and, uh, a short, like mohawk, uh, with the sides completely shaved. Um, he's got like kind of pale blue eyes, um, He's got, like, occasional, like, he's got, like, a scar on his neck. Like, nothing, like, he's not, like, scarred, but, like, you can see, like, you know, easily just on, like, the, the parts of him that aren't covered. Like, there's, like, a scar here, a scar there. Like, his fingers are a little, like, cut up. Uh, you can also see some tattoos, like, poking out from, uh, from his sleeves. Um, he does have over his, uh, his back uh, katana, and you do notice the, uh, the empty sheath of the wakazashi um, just, you know, there on his person. Uh, and, um, he's also wearing like a, a, like almost choker necklace, like a short chained necklace with like a little crystal in it. Um, and, uh, you guys, uh, you guys walk up to him.
5: I'll set the pint down in front of him.
1: He'll look at you guys for like a second and then kind of like shift over.
5: You waiting for someone?
1: I think I'm waiting for you.
5: That sounds about right. I'll sit down.
1: You guys I talk to?
5: Yep. I'm Maverick. This is my associate.
1: Buster. (laughs) He goes, Maverick, Buster, reaches out his hand and uh, goes, D'Artagnan.
5: I'll shake his hand.
2: I'll also do so.
1: And uh, then he grabs the pint you gave him and takes a big swig of it, sets it down.
5: It's not poisoned, it's just what they have on tap. It's not very good, is it?
1: I'm used to it uh so what would you like to talk about? He's like all of his movements seem very precise. um you do know from a sensing the room uh that he has not awakened um, but uh, uh all of his movements seem like very precise he's like he's got like really excellent posture uh Like the way he just the way he reaches out, picks up the mug, takes a sip, sets it down, turns to you guys, every movement seems very controlled. Uh, Boomer you can very quickly like it's not a surprise. Like this guy's probably a practitioner of some or many martial arts, just the way like the amount of body control he seems to exert over himself at all times. So, um what uh what is it you'd like to speak with me about?
5: We have a, a mutual friend, you and us. Oh, one that uh, we're having a little bit of trouble locating. We think mostly thanks to you.
1: I see. So you're not a fan of my work?
5: No, it's very good. I mean, I'm, I am very impressed by what you have done. Uh, we just need some information.
1: Well, let me know what it is you're looking for, and I'll let you know if I can tell you.
5: We uh, we need to get in contact with Isaac Bunin.
1: Never heard of him. He says with like a slight grin, like as if he's not trying to play hard to get. Yeah, <laughs> almost as if he's like intentionally joking.
5: Yeah, uh, he doesn't really exist anymore, does he?
1: In my experience, someone doesn't get that way unless they uh, unless they're looking to disappear.
5: Well, um, you can always find a tombstone. See, we're trying to help him not become a tombstone. Funny, I don't recall him ever mentioning you. Oh, that's because he doesn't know us yet.
1: <laughs> and yeah, he, uh, he like, kind of smiles, grabs his drink, takes another drink. And uh, what's your interest in Mr. Boonin?
5: Call us uh, good Samaritans. We're just, you know, trying to help a, a fella out, make sure that, you know, corporations don't have him assassinated, anything like that. He might have a lead on some of the people we're investigating.
1: Do you have a list of questions? I could go and ask him and come back.
5: See, that's sensitive information. I'm sure you understand.
1: Hmm. His location is also sensitive information. And not to criticize you exercising caution by only sending in two members of your team, but I'd like to meet the rest if we're going to be acting on a basis of trust. In person? I assume they're in that giant tank outside.
5: Yeah, they, they're kind of attached to it. It's a good car. It is. It's uh, impressive. I mean, you know, it doesn't look as nice as the bikes do, but it's, it really does the job.
1: Is that your ride? The, the car? Yeah.
5: Uh, I do ride in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, he chuckles, nods, and he goes...
5: Can't take the credit, though.
1: Buster? Is that your ride? No.
5: Sorry, he, he don't talk much.
1: <laughs> I'd very much like to meet the owner of that vehicle.
5: Uh, I will DNI uh, Mouse and Bumbles.
4: Well, All right, this seems like fun. Got all my guns here. We get to go in? Yeah. Cool! <laughs> I get out of the Mach 6 and I go
1: to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so the door opens up and Bumble steps in. And this time, the place does kind of go quiet. <laughs> uh, very handsome, non-tattooed elf in a very nice suit. <laughs> it's buttoned. <laughs> <laughs> Steps in and everyone goes quiet. And, uh, and then from the corner, Bumble's ear, he's with me. <laughs> yeah, I walk there.
5: I'm going to DNI Bumbles and Mouse. By the way, I told him my name was Maverick, and Boomer told him his name was Buster. So, Mouse, just call us Maverick and Buster, okay? Okay. Uh,
1: as you guys walk up to the... Uh...
0: I'm going to go in, too. Yeah, I know. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, as Oh, yeah, I'll I
4: stand there and wait for Mouse to come in, you know, and then we go.
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, you guys start walking. Um, uh, D'Artagnan, uh, after vouching for Bumbles, uh, you know, is taking another sip of his beer. He sets it down as you guys get to the table and he looks up and his eyes lock on Mouse, and in the blink of an eye, he has drawn his sword from his back and pointed it right to Mouse's throat, and the whole bar immediately like Turns, except for like a couple who are a little slow on the uptake, like turn and like grab their guns and like point the guns in your direction. The music actually does stop. And he goes, what the frag are you doing here? It's
5: not what you think. It, can can you put the sword down and
1: we'll talk? What, I, is this some half-wit ploy to get me off my guard just because I'm on to you? No. It, Wait, what now? Can you elaborate on that? And he's looking just right at Mouse. He's actually not looking at any of you other guys. He's staring directly at Mouse and he goes... You have one chance, one, before I cut you to ribbons.
0: Um, I,
2: I also have my. When he did that, I drew my pistol and I have it aimed at his head.
1: Cool. Yeah, And there's many bikers aiming, aiming guns at you guys too. It's it's a good old fashioned standoff.
0: Cool. <laughs> well, I don't. Huh. So, I did I do something wrong? <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's going to cock his head to the side and, like, kind of take in your hair and your arm. And then he's going to go, what happened to you?
0: Do you know me?
1: And he's going to, this time, finally, he's going to break off his glance from Mouse and, like, look at you guys. And, and, like, look back and go, what happened to her? (laughs) Um...
4: In all likelihood, a great deal of biofeedback damage to her brain.
5: What's my name? I knew you as Echo. Are you sure it was her?
4: If we could sort of talk somewhere a bit more (laughs) private, perhaps we can sort, you know, clear this up. And also, I would hate to blow up this bar. It seems like a wonderful place.
2: (laughs) You'll do it too. Uh,
1: There's a bunch of... as everyone, like, recocks their guns and, like, inches forward, and then, uh, D'Artagnan puts up a hand, and they all stop. And, uh, he goes, Grizz, could I have the bar? And, like, the largest man in the room, who's actually been sitting down this whole time, stands up, and he has, like, he's, like, a, a head over everyone who's not an orc, and is, like, almost the same size as everyone who is an orc. Um, obviously he doesn't match up to the Minotaur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and uh, he stands up he is huge this guy is like scary big you like you would think he was an orc but he's human he doesn't have any like tusks or anything like that and uh, he's got like dreads pulled back tattoos everywhere like quintessential giant muscle man biker and he goes you heard him boys let's go for a lap <laughs> and the entire bar funnels out just leaving you guys and D'Artagnan, uh, he hasn't removed his sword from Mouse's throat. Um, and he, but he does look a little less sure of, of exactly what's going on.
5: D'Artagnan, trust runs both ways. Why don't you put down that sword and we can actually have a conversation?
1: And he says, uh, I've trusted this one before.
4: That's sort of unlikely.
1: What does that mean? One second.
4: And over the not. can we tell him? Right like this seems like maybe we we tell him that you're a clone.
0: Oh. Oh, he doesn't know who I okay. Um so um I'm mouse. I guess I'm not Echo. I'm so we think that I'm a clone from Evo and Mr. Boonin might know something about that and I'm sorry if I hurt you, or other me's hurt you, or I got really excited. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, Mouse, roll, negotiate. Oh, God. You can take a plus five to this. Wow.
0: Five?
1: What's your social limit? Five. His sword lowers, but isn't sheathed, and he, and he, he, he looks a little uneasy, and he goes... Clones And now he's talking to like the group as a whole And goes That's your answer for this
5: Well we don't really have the answers That's why we need to talk to Isaac Boonin
1: He'll look around And he just like his eyes keep lingering On Mouse's face And he looks conflicted And he goes Like I said I once before trusted someone Who had your face She betrayed me And left me for dead
5: Mouse, he means that she looked like you. She didn't literally have your face. Got it.
1: I'm not interested in making the same mistake twice. I think our business is done.
0: Wait, you know, I could go home.
1: These people vouch for you. And uh, he says as he sheathes his sword, he goes, whether you're Echo or not, a clone or not, I can't trust you. And, uh, mouse roll a perception test for me real quick.
0: Okay. Uh, three. Okay. Maybe I'll edge it. I think I'm going to edge it. Okay.
1: Five. As he's sheathing his sword, his sleeve gives up a little bit, and you can see the, the tattoos around his wrist. Um, and due to your photographic memory... Uh, you actually do recognize one of them it's strange but um uh one of the tattoos on his uh, on like his wrist it kind of looks like like if you took a, a a diamond and then uh removed some of the top so that it came up into like 3 points and uh, you've seen this symbol before. It was weird, but it didn't really catch your eye before. Um, as you were uh, looking through Maria Silva's case files about Zachariah Wells's death, uh, you, he has he had many wounds, uh, the fatal one being the stab, to the back, but in one of the pictures, not even the focus of a the picture, uh, there was like this burn mark on his, uh, on like his back near his hip uh, that matched that symbol exactly.
0: What if I told you I knew where your sword was?
1: He'd raise an eyebrow and go, why would I trust you? Any of you? If you truly trust this woman, I suggest you leave her. Do your contacts record,
4: Mouse? They do. Hey, do you remember that time where you almost sort of got kidnapped by the woman with your face? And then I drove up and drove you home and got your ice cream.
0: Yeah.
4: Do you maybe want to show him that thing where it proves that you are a clone and there's another woman with your face in active opposition to us? Oh. That seems like maybe it could convince him.
0: Yeah. Hold on. Let me find it. (laughs) Send it to him.
1: Sure. He uh, watches it in silence, giving like nothing away as, he, as he's viewing it in his AR feed. And then you just slightly see his like jaw tense. And then he swipes it away. And he goes, I believe that was her. Clones. I'm gonna need another drink. <laughs> and he uh, goes over to the bar, reaches over, just pulls a bottle of like whiskey, uncorks it, and just drinks straight from the bottle. He go and he sets it down, and he goes, "Clones." <laughs> yeah,
5: it's weird, right? You can say it again if you need to. It takes a minute.
1: It's
4: also like probably not even the weirdest thing we've dealt with. So,
1: and uh, he sits up on the stool there, and he goes, "And what? You think Boonin has?" information on the uh, on these clones
5: Evo did try to get rid of him
1: yes he saw it coming and we got him out but I'll tell you now Boonin doesn't know that the project is a clone project what does he think it is we weren't sure it's called Project Zoria it's some shadow op of Evo's that that woman Echo was working for during the fall of Zurich Orbital. I grin. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Boonin uh stumbled across some files that he wasn't supposed to see. It all led to this Project Zoria, some kind of radical bioengineering program. Uh, and they had this. And he uh, he like swipes in his AR, presses a couple buttons, and then sends you all uh a video in your AR displays. Um, and, uh, like, you watch as, uh, there's a group of girls, maybe, like, six of them. Not too far from Sierra's age, uh, when you, when she first was delivered to you and Doc Mouse. Um, and just looking at them, it looks like you're looking at six Sierras. Uh, and... Then a woman who uh, looks like Mouse and Echo, you can't be sure who it is, seems to be uh, walking around um, as all of these uh, girls who are strapped in these chairs with their eyes held open by wires are forced to watch something that is being projected onto their faces. Uh, And every time one of them tries to struggle or uh, doesn't respond in unison with... Uh, cause like if you watch every, every like few seconds, like they'll go, yes, two, six, seven, five, six, no. And as they're all doing that in unison, like if any one of them slips up or tries to struggle or shows any restraint, they get electrocuted. Uh, and then, uh, and then the, uh, the woman is walking around with like a clipboard seeming to notate every time that happens. And, uh, it cut short after that. And, uh, he goes, I assumed that was Echo, but now what do I know? We didn't think it was a cloning project. Those, those little girls, they all looked the same, but with their heads shaved, it was hard to tell, their heads shaved and their eyes pried open. It was hard to be sure.
4: Well, they are. So
1: there's that.
5: How do you know Echo?
1: He looks a little solemn at that and goes, like I said, I trusted her and she betrayed me, left me for dead. And I knew her as a shadow runner. We worked a few jobs together. And then out of nowhere, the middle of a job, she, she killed a data liberator who had skimmed some information, some information on all of the different corporations was going to sell it to the higher bit, highest bidder. She took him out and then got extracted by Evo Special Forces.
5: Did she take the data?
1: Yes. My team and I weren't able to stop her. Since then, I've been trying to find her, find this Project Zoria, but uh, apparently I only knew the half of it.
5: Well, you know, the fraction's probably dependent on the number of clones, so, like, <laughs> 136, maybe? We're not really sure.
1: Boonen had some more information, but nothing that led, it to, led to it being a clone program. So, I guess my question for you is, what is your intention here?
4: Well, the hunting our friend, so... I mean we haven't really discussed it as a team but I sort of thought our you know general plan was make them stop
2: as soon as we find them it's buster o'clock
0: <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs>
1: I might be able to use you then Maverick, Buster, Mouse, any points at Bumbles? Bumbles. <laughs> Bumbles. How, far, how long have the four you been working on this? Eight months.
4: I mean, we've been working together longer than that, except for her. But she's cool, so. <laughs> uh,
5: D'Artagnan, in the interest of, you know, trust. Just one little thing. My name's actually Nim. This is actually Boomer.
1: Oh, those are much better names. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, you know, we've we got to exercise a little bit of caution.
1: He nods and he goes. I was
2: quite proud of it. <laughs> I'm bit on the fly.
1: So, Bumbles, you're the driver. Among other things, yes. Nim, he looks you up and down and he goes, Adept?
5: Yeah. Boomer?
1: Samurai? And he doesn't seem able to, like, look at Mouse, so he, like, looks at the bottle in his hand and he goes, and Mouse?
0: Oh, I'm a Decker.
1: <laughs> and he, like, curses his lips and nods. He goes, I might have guessed. And he uh, he sets the bottle down, takes a deep breath, and goes, I might be working on a lead to find Project Zoria. But and? I can't tell if I can... Uh, I have no way of knowing if I can trust you or not. The Mizashi clan believes when you fight for your life alongside someone, your destinies become intertwined. Your lives. Inexplicably linked for All of eternity So in doing so You see each other's true selves Now And he like Regains his like posture And he, not, and he like he looks down And like almost seems like he's like Sitting in like a A, a very intentional stance uh, And he goes I've meditated on my mistakes And I've come to understand how I Failed to identify the nature of the woman Who betrayed me It's not something that will happen again, I assure you. So, if you four will join me on a job, then I can test your merits. All right. Yeah, what's the gig?
4: You don't happen to need a Bunraku parlor demolished. Do you? I liked that
1: one. No. Wait, that was you? Yes. I heard about that.
4: A lot of people heard that. (laughs)
1: all right so we work together what do you guys call yourselves
4: (laughs) and before anyone can answer uh, i tell him we're crash 3.0
1: and he goes crash 3.0 i don't think i've heard of you guys
4: yeah you have (laughs) (laughs) and i d and i i've been workshopping it myself really no one really seemed to have the time so i just sort of took it upon myself
5: i'll raise an eyebrow at bumbles
1: (laughs) he'll sit with that for a second and
5: then just like
1: slightly like be like
4: no (laughs) i told you clones weren't the weirdest thing we dealt with
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right crash 3.0 boonin's intel indicated that project zoria receives resupply shipments on occasion there's, there, there's many variables that can be identified that indicate which shipments may or may not include a resupply for Project Zoria. seems that uh, they come from outside of Seattle, they're transported to HQ on undocumented crates, and then brought to wherever Project Zoria actually calls home. One of those shipments is happening at the end of the week. I was going to get a team together... To take it down, get my hands on those crates. As far as what Booning can tell, the crates will include the coordinates for where they're delivered. We could find out where Project Zoria is.
4: Uh, sounds good to me. How are they transported?
1: Actually along I-90 and then hitting 405. I've worked my contacts with the Hellhounds uh, and their tentative alliance with the Leather Devils. Uh to gain the permission to operate on their roads. The shipment, uh, a shipment like this from a AAA, typically uh, is coordinated with by, by Lone Star officials and Gridguide. Uh, to secure their product, Gridguide will basically give the transport vehicles a buffer on either side. Uh, traffic will be stopped, they will enter the, the highway, and then traffic will be resumed and slowed behind them uh, so that there's a significant amount of space between the transport vehicles and any amount of civilian traffic or law enforcement, for that matter. Being AAAs, it's sort of an extension of their extraterritoriality. So we hit the shipment while it's in transit and get away before either Evo response teams or Lone Star or Knight Errant show up.
5: So I imagine Evo's got pretty drastic protocols should something like this happen. Who's to say they're not going to just relocate where Project Zorga is once they realize this shipment's been taken?
1: We'll have to move fast. If I were to guess with the amount of shipments that Boonin was able to notice, I think it's a pretty large project, it might not be that easy for them to move without being noticed and a project like this tends to depend more on its secrecy than anything else but there's no guarantee but if we move quickly maybe we can catch them before they can relocate
5: How many crates are there in each order? Sometimes things go missing
1: You mean specifically for the Project Zoria resupply? Yeah Sometimes one, sometimes two they're piecemealed out from a bunch of different shipments. Some aerial, some ground, some through the through the docks. This one that's happening this week happens to be on the ground. But typically one or two cases. Uh, do you know what that convoy looks like? What are they driving? I'm not sure exactly what they're moving with. That was going to be the next step once I got a team together. Um, I... Can expect probably a transport vehicle and a chase vehicle, um, just based on jobs I've been on before.
5: What if we had a contact at Lone Star that could help?
1: He shrugs and goes, if you think they might be able to, um, extraterritoriality territoriality, we'll, get, we'll put up mountains of red tape for your contact. Uh, that's the whole point of the... the the solo access to the highway, Uh, they're by extension moving their extraterritoriality to a certain mile radius of these vehicles. Right. Meaning Lone Star and Knight Errant don't have jurisdiction unless asked for help.
5: But you said that it was coordinated in part by Lone Star, correct?
1: By Knight Errant. Who have the public security uh, contract for Seattle. Well, alright. I mean, I'm sure we can
4: rob whatever it is they're driving. Um, but we should find out. I do need to know if they're driving like I don't know, like a Mac Hellhound, or you know, how much we can destroy whatever they're driving because I might want it.
1: D'Artagnan grins at that and he goes, "We'll have to be very quick in our ex- in our extraction if we don't want to be caught. And Evo might look for anything we steal. If that's a risk you're willing to take, I'm not going to tell you. Otherwise, I'm not in this for the money." I'm in this to find Echo. Well,
4: it's not really for the money. To, never mind. We'll move on. Um, <laughs> so I think we're good here, then. This seems like more of a mouse and brin section of the job. There's another member of oh, your team? Oh, I see that over the oh, okay. okay.
5: <laughs> oh, y- yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one more thing. Uh, about your sword.
1: Yes, you said you knew who had it.
5: We can probably get it back to you, but the easiest way would be if you could offer up a bit of information in exchange.
1: Beyond the information I already have?
5: The The woman who has your sword, she believes that the Mizashi clan murdered her partner
1: who was her partner it's possible
5: (laughs) uh he goes by the name zachariah wells
1: he sits there and thinks for a minute he goes that name does ring a bell who was he
5: he was he was a detective for lone star
1: i haven't had any contracts to kill lone star
0: He had a burn the same as your tattoo on your arm. The diamond one?
1: He looks confused at you, then looks away from you rather quickly, Mouse. Sorry. Um, (laughs) and then, uh, he, like, his eyebrows furrow and he raises up his sleeve and presents the tattoo, like, for you guys to look at.
0: I pointed it.
1: (laughs) He had this tattoo?
0: Mm. No, he had a burn in that exact shape on his back when he when he died.
1: I mean this this is the mark of the Great Corrupter. I it's it's mostly ceremonial that I have this tattoo. It's it's part of the Mizashi clan. We ward ourselves against evil entities um, and. Even though I'm not awakened, so this tattoo gives me no strength or actual protection, uh, as the corruptor only targets awakened. But upon my joining of the Masashi clan, I was required to get it. Uh, the 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 symbol itself is surrounded by thin, like glyphs that, like, kind of interlock uh, a bunch of different, like, uh, polygonal shapes that kind of like intersect and everything. He goes these. The this is the mark of the great corruptor and these glyphs around traditionally protect me from her influence now when you say great corruptor this wouldn't
4: be like a toxic spirit or something like that
1: would it he he looks like he's not 100 percent sure he goes i the great corruptor is a is a fairy tale uh told to sure but like if we had
4: let's say witnessed, um, I don't know, a physical adept kick a bunch of people to death with unimaginable radioactive magic power and later found out that he was possessed by a toxic spirit. Would that sort of match what
1: you've heard? Yes. Um, <laughs> the, the, I guess, I suppose. The, the great corrupter is, uh, turns, turns people into their darkest self. It's been a while since I've heard the stories, but she, she feeds on on the most negative of energies.
5: Great, just well, great.
1: How it's it's a, it's a story though. Has, I'm sure. Mm-hmm.
5: Has the Mizashi clan ever tried to deal with anyone they thought might be influenced by the Great Corruptor?
1: The Mizashi clan, at least as far as I know, no. But I'm an outsider, and there are facets of. The clan that I will never truly know. Um, They took me under their wing as an orphan, but I can't... I can't reveal any of their secrets. I may have actually already said too much by even acknowledging the existence of the Great Corruptor. I... If... And he sits there, and he goes, if you have first-hand knowledge of this being, if it exists, which... I just found out today is that clone, today that clones exist. So, who am I to say that the Great Corruptor isn't real? If if what you say is true, I may be able to grant you access to the Mizashi Clan's resources. But that's not a promise I can make right now, especially before I even really truly know who you are. So let's focus on this this job before you shattering any more of my preconceived notions of reality.
0: Sorry <laughs> about <laughs> that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he like shakes his head and he goes, so, you'll do some legwork. Let me know what you find out about this transport. I'll work yeah, whatever just... contacts I can, but I'm neither awakened nor a decker, so there's only so much I can do. Tell me about it. <laughs>
2: Do we just contact you at the same number you called us with?
1: Yes, that number will still work for now. Well,
2: Crash Three Point No one else has any questions. I say we get to work. And I do de- not to everyone because the sooner we find this job, the sooner we find Cashmere.
4: Yep. <laughs> I text Bryn in like all it's caps. It's um. Bryn. <laughs> Uh the Great Corrupter. Have you heard of this? Look this up now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh so Bryn sends you back like I'll look into it, never heard of it. Um and uh, uh as you guys are leaving the kennel, or do you have anything?
0: I mean it wasn't me, so I guess it doesn't make any sense, but I'm sorry I'm sorry. And um we'll get you your sword and don't don't take it out on them that you hate me, okay? I, I try really hard, and I don't really understand a lot, but your face is sad when you look at me, and I'm sorry. That's all.
1: He nods and goes, That's not your fault. It's, it's difficult, because, and he actually looks at you and he goes, You look just like her and like takes a moment to like center himself and goes and I've been trying to find a way to reconcile the woman I thought she was with the woman she turned out to be
0: maybe she was both
1: possibly found out today she was a clone (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't
0: know maybe you have two personalities and I got burned out of one or something (laughs)
1: He goes, but you, in ways, you remind me of some of the good that I saw in Echo. I just hope during this job I can see that is true.
0: Me too. We'll keep you updated. And I guess your friends can come back in now.
1: Yeah, I sent them a message. They're almost here. I know. You hear (laughs) (laughs) approaching Mm -hmm. as all of the bikes that that were outside are now starting to pull back in.
0: Cool. I go outside and try not to get run over as I wake my way to spawn. <laughs> cool and then I get to work.
1: <laughs> yeah, what are you guys doing?
4: I drive us home. That's my bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did he have the route at all, or I guess not because does he know where it's leaving from?
1: Yeah, yeah. If you ask him for more details, he'll send you guys what he has on it, um which is uh the the whole thing was that it's going to come up I-90 and then hit the four Oh five and actually cross over council Island. Um, and so, uh, uh, he was hoping to hit it while it was on I-90 cause the security around there, uh, can be a little bit lower in certain places. Um, so he was thinking like that would give us the greatest response time because however long it takes to, uh, to take out the transport and then get on the, uh, get, like your hands on the cargo, like you have to get all the stuff you're gonna get from from the transport before either Evo can send security forces or more likely Evo will task Knight errant to move in because they'll be closer, so he wants to be as like in the lower sec areas along i ninety um and so uh that's that's kind of the route it's taking i-90 up to 405 405 up over council island and then to evo headquarters
0: okay so i guess i'll do the math as to where would be the best place to hit it if it follows that route um
5: and you said they completely cleared the road for it right
1: effectively yeah like way way down the line there's traffic and way way back the line there's traffic but basically, several miles in either direction, uh, grid guide makes sure there's no one on the highway. Anyone who attempts to get on the highway is delayed. Um, anyone who is behind is slowed down so that they stay with the rest of the pack. that kind of thing. There's just basically this big negative zone of no cars around this transport
5: what kind of what what's the area that it's passing through like are there buildings near the highway
1: um so Basically, I ninety cuts through the border of Redmond and Renton, um, and then uh, uh, and then enters Bellevue, right on the southern t- tip of Lake Sammamish. Um, and so he, uh, even though it's not exactly Leather do- uh, Leather Devil's territory, um, he was thinking you'd have a better chance of hitting it, like more along the Renton and uh Barrens uh borderline. Um so on that, like to the north there's a bunch of ramshackle like tenement housings and other like, you know w- shitty buildings and like old office buildings turned into like drug dens. <laughs> you know, it's it's fucking Redmond Barrens. It's bad. Uh and then on the south, uh there's some residential, uh there's a couple like commercial buildings there. Um, it's, I mean, it runs the gamut. I-90 cuts through a whole lot. So depending on where you guys hit it, there's all sorts of different types of, uh, uh, like buildings and, and so on along the way.
4: If we do this in Redmond, that potentially gets us the help of the Red Hot Nukes. If I can convince them.
1: It is a, a little bit South of their territory. Um, they typically operate in like the North, west of the Redmond Barrens, uh and this is like the very southern border of the Redmond Barrens. They might still be able to help you out, um, but they their resources would be slightly limited. They, you know, since they would have to right, deal it's with not other gangs. Correct. Still probably worth giving them a call.
0: Um so did I find the place that was like the most advantageous as far as like response times go?
5: Yeah, easily. I'm not gonna make you roll for that. Cool. Hey Mouse, did you get any other info on the truck that is carrying the shipment? It, like what else is it carrying? Oh, um
0: I don't I don't know. Uh I don't even actually know where it's coming from. I mean, I could probably guess based on like, you know, the the sort of like trajectory from like what ports and and other points of ingress there are to Evo headquarters, um but I don't actually I don't actually know exactly yet i could look into it
4: we do know a guy who sort of just keeps his finger on the pulse of the illegal things happening in seattle at pretty much all times though and he lives here i say as we pull up to the mansion
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i guess um we'll fill in bryn about um what he is
1: appropriately shocked at the fact that this guy seemed to recognize you and the fact that there's a name to the operative that tried to kidnap you and he's already starting to, like, set up, like, sprites to search for certain things.
2: Yeah, Brentu is super crazy and Boomer winks.
5: <laughs> Nim is really struggling to keep a straight face. He
1: he sits there for a second and then just goes, Th- they, thanks, Boomer, and he kind of, like, shakes it off like, that was weird, uh, and then keeps, keeps searching. Uh, and he goes. So, um, what 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 kind of plan are you guys working with? How can I help?
2: Dirt said the objective is just to get the stuff off the truck.
1: To find out where Project Zora is is the is the ultimate objective. The crate has, uh, like is is encoded to be read by like a transport drone once it gets to HQ uh and um the drone basically like attaches itself to the crate to move it to wherever it needs to go, gets the coordinates for where project Zoria is uh and then and so if you guys can uh just tap into that crate, you can get those coordinates and find out where the drone would take the crate um Dart didn't seem to have any interest in in necessarily robbing um he seems to be doing this purely because he wants to um but he also didn't seem extremely adverse to you guys making this profitable for yourselves.
4: It does sort of seem suspicious, though, if we were to hit a shipment with Project Zoria supplies on it and nothing is taken.
2: I say we loot just uh, random stuff after finding the box.
4: Yeah, I think I think if we can sort of stage this as a highway robbery unrelated to sort of the secret goods on board, it gives us maybe a bit more cover than if we just yeah just take a
2: bunch of random boxes
4: right Uh, if you see anything labeled like control rigs or wired reflexes (laughs) or guns but i think sort of the first step of all of this is if we can figure out where they're coming from and maybe that can lead us to what they're driving does that make
0: sense like we could just go find an evo shipment somewhere and then they might have like a schedule like To go in and, you know, we could source that. And because people do things like routinely. So there's probably like the same type of truck that keeps going or car or van or tank. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, actually, are there highway cameras? Yeah. Okay, cool. I think another option is to be if this is a typical thing that they like change the grid guide we could actually look at the patterns of like negative zones and see if there's satellite imagery of what those things are.
1: Yeah. And, uh, D'Artagnan does have when previous shipments happened like this. That seems great.
0: That seems easiest <laughs> unless there's key. And then if I found like coordinates, maybe I could find something on some with some friends that
5: I have. I think that's good. I think anything that doesn't give Evo a heads up, we're looking into them is a good way to go
0: okay cool so um it'll be just be a minute I <laughs> all
5: right while you oh, do oh, that mouse, mouse up.
1: <laughs> boomer catches mouse She, always as she goes gets into so boomer.
2: excited that she forgets she needs to lay down
4: <laughs> while you do that i'm gonna just you know very casually tear cashmere's room apart looking for that
1: symbol sure <laughs> R- roll a perception test for me I'm going to edge that. <laughs> Let's see if your bad luck comes into play. Roll a d6. It
4: does not. Okay. That's better. Full hits.
1: All right. Uh yeah, you search through his room. Um you guys have already looked through it once before for some stuff. Uh you you do um eventually like find uh, as you like shift his like writing desk away to the side. Uh, It seems like it's actually been shifted before. And when you uh, when you shift it, you see that it's been moved to this position to cover uh, on the wall uh, where it seems like a a knife has scratched in that symbol. Great. Awesome. But without, you know, the protective glyphs around it. (laughs) Sure. I take
4: a few very detailed pictures and then I destroy it.
1: You don't have to roll for that. You're very good at destroying things. <laughs> uh, Mouse, what are, you, what are you doing in VR?
0: Um, I am seeing if I can find any, like, satellite imagery, potentially if on the Denver Nexus, if anybody has access to, like, satellite imagery from these times, that these dates, with these coordinates. Any one will do, but if there's more, that's better. Sure. Um, so go ahead
1: and roll a matrix search. You get a plus five uh, since you are tapping into the Nexus data haven uh, for some of this information.
0: Four hits.
1: Okay, you find it in 30 minutes.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> um, What does it look like?
1: It looks like... Uh, okay, so what you see is... And you cross-reference this with Bumbles <laughs> as he is the vehicle expert and can tell very easily from satellite imagery what what you're working with, um, you do see that the, like, the, like, negative zone of no traffic does extend beyond the highway, not as far beyond the highway, um, as it does on the highway, so it's not, like, a perfect circle radius, um, but, like, a lot of the traffic leading up to the highway, uh, gets, like, stalled or stopped momentarily, um, uh, like, a couple blocks away from the highway as the cars move along, um, using D'Artagnan's times of when these shipments uh, have potentially come through, according to Boonin's notes, uh, you do see six different shipments that have gone through in the past year, and uh, all but one of them had the same configuration. Um, So, Bumble's looking at it. You see that uh the transport is most definitely a mac hellhound 16 wheeler um with uh rail drones that go along the um the cargo uh to give it full protection um armored um, you know that, uh, you're, you're knowledgeable enough about the Mac hellhound cause you fantasized about it. Uh, you know that it is typically a rig that requires two riggers to control, uh, one that just controls driving the vehicle and one that controls the drones, the drone rails and whatever other drones are set to deploy from it. Uh, from these satellite images, you can't really see much else about like how that Mac hellhound may or may not be customized. Right. But I can tell what it is. Yeah. Uh, it's glorious. It's beautiful. You love it. Um, and then, um, it is always chased by, uh, uh, all but the one instance. Um, it seems like it's escorted by, uh, by one vehicle. Um, it, it varies exactly what the model is, but it seems like they like out of the five that are this configuration, three of the five, um, are Dodge Goliaths moving along with them, which is like a big armored military SUV. Um, and then, um, so
4: sort of like if spot, if the military bought spot,
5: yeah,
1: it's like the police version of spot. comparable,
5: same size of spot, same size. It's as a spot. little bit more than spot.
1: Yeah. It's sort of heftier. Um, it's, it's most notable features are gun ports, uh, so that people can shoot through while still being completely covered and armored. Um, and uh and an extended roof so that people who are inside it can actually stand up while operating inside of it. Um so it's like f- spot on steroids. Uh and uh and then uh, the other two times uh the other two times it was uh es- the Mac Hellhounds were escorted by uh Dodge Stallions which comes standard with like a heavy weapon mount on top. Right. Um like a big turret that someone can can operate um and then the one time that was special uh it was a Mac hellhound um escorted by two dodge goliaths and two uh dodge stallions when did that one happen uh like way far back not the furthest back that dart has but like close to that time it's like the second one on his list okay
5: just to clarify, was this how they're getting supplies, like lab supplies, or was this the human trafficking of getting those, like getting people?
1: The data doesn't really show one way or the other. Uh, it seems like Dart and Boonin assume it supplies, but there's there's no actual like guarantee that that's what it is or not. The The rest, like the, the legitimate shipment is of lab equipment and stuff mm-hmm. for Evo. Um, but whatever's in that container for Project Zoria, they have no idea.
0: Um so I will send this info to D'Artagnan. Um and then obviously if anybody hasn't had it shared with them, I share it with them on our team, including Bryn, um and then suggest that Brent. we <laughs> what? No, it's Bryn. Brint. You keep saying it with a T, but it doesn't. I've seen it written. It's just with an N.
2: Well, it's a long, awkward story. I'll tell you about it later. Poor guy.
0: <laughs> what? Uh, okay. Uh, but you, pro- you're going to tell me because now I want to know. Yeah, what's this Mouse, story? We are
2: really busy.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So. We don't have
2: time for joking around. We gotta get this info to <laughs> Brent, and formulate a plan. I
0: just, but I don't. Um. Okay, anyway, so I'm um, suggesting maybe that we figure out the logistics of uh, how we can attack um, at this spot because it is the spot that has the longest response time um, and that I will do my best to keep us safe. So- save but with two sammies instead of one is basically gonna be fine right (laughs) or do they get do they conflict do they get in each other's i don't know i've never done it but never. no no
2: no it's just double the death it's awesome
5: (laughs) i'm sure i will love watching it over the (laughs) dni
2: all right but but before we can really come up with a plan we need to make sure we know we're up against
5: Yeah,
0: so it's a big um, death truck followed by smaller death trucks.
2: What about an EMP? Would that do anything?
4: I mean, yes.
2: There we go. EMP the convoy. Maybe we get a couple (laughs) junk drones you got. Smash and grab. Get out of there.
0: Well, the, the, the one thing about that is that... My deck will be affected by the EMP, so I can't pull anything off of anything. And there won't be anything to pull off of anything because it'll have been EMP'd. So it's a good exit strategy.
2: What if it's a short range <laughs> one we that, and we drive in after everything's disabled? <laughs> will we have enough time to maintain the element of surprise?
5: I think the issue is that the tracking information will also be disabled in that case.
2: Uh, that's probably true.
5: Well, I I did see this really crazy plan once. Uh, I'm it, listening. It kind of worked. Uh, a rigger that I was working with in Vegas, um, he used e- explosive foam and spray painted it on the lines on the road.
4: That's bloody brilliant. Why have I never thought of that before?
5: <laughs> that's genius. Yeah, he was crazy.
4: Yeah, agree to disagree. <laughs>
2: And if we can get good spacing, find out what the spacing on that is, I'm sure you can do some math in your crazy brain. We can blow up the escorts, uh, stop the truck somehow, and uh, we'll loot it.
4: The, uh, the highway is traveling on at the point Mouse has pointed out. Is it elevated? Is it ground level? It is elevated. I, I think I have a plan. We
5: still need to get in the truck, Bumbles.
4: No, I needed to know if it was elevated or not, because um, if it's not, they will not fall very far when I take out the sections of highway the escorts are on, and will therefore be quite close. But if it's elevated, and they they fall further, they can do less. And then my car flies.
1: Hey, Bumbles, you have common sense, yeah? (laughs) Yes. All right. You know... That Bryn will not be happy (laughs) with destruction of the highway. It might be more in your in your benefit to not destroy the building, but instead, or the the structure of the highway, but instead, like use directional charges that target just the vehicles, so as not to like destroy public property. All right, Bryn, I have a plan. It involves the destruction of the highway what no i
4: have a secondary plan okay it involves only the destruction of the vehicles do that one okay (laughs) i need significantly more explosive for that one
1: how much we talking here
4: i tell him the rough amount of foam explosive i need to disable those vehicles given my knowledge of their armor and body right because see it's not that much explosive to take out a building or a bridge or an elevated highway per se but the, the very armored trucks that drive on them much much more
1: so much more <laughs> okay well um, a lot of Whitmore's holdings were in, um, in mining contracts uh, due to his family's old business uh, so I do know uh, some people I might be able to get uh, explosives from the amount I might be able to get in a week. Uh, give me a minute. Let me, let me tap on some of these people. All right.
4: I'll, uh, I'll give Magnitude a ring Sure. about this. I call Magnitude.
1: Bumbles, my man. How's it going?
4: It's going quite well, Magnitude. I have. So first, do you want to help me rob an Evo convoy traveling through South Redmond in a week?
1: Oh, Bumbles, you know, you know, like I want to. I don't know if I have the men to spare, and that's a bit really far out of our territory.
4: Right, I know. So, then my follow up question to that is I'm trying to build shaped charges to take out an Ares Goliath. No, uh, a uh, Dodge. Uh, a Dodge Goliath. Um, oh. <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> right, so um, I'm getting my hands on some mining charges. But uh, I'm wondering if you could provide some more oomph. I don't know if I'm going to be able to uh, get the job done with what I can procure on my end.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, we got, we got plenty that can work for you. Um, let's see, do you want to pay or do you want to owe me one? I'll owe you one. All right. I do always enjoy paying you back favors. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, see, uh, I'll see what I can scrap together. I'll send it your way with one of the boys. Thank you very much uh after like an hour or two uh, Bryn um says, "All right, I can get some explosives i honestly this is more your bag than mine. this is what I can get and he sends you uh, uh it's you know he finds like foam explosives so it can be used uh as you intended um it's basically what you would define as like half the amount you would want ideally right okay um and
4: uh, half the amount to deal with one Dodge Goliath? Correct. Or, okay. It's going to be bad if there's four of them. The rating 10 I have left, I can probably... I'm fairly confident between Magnitude's boys and what Bryn has acquired, I can take out one Dodge Goliath.
1: Yeah, or, I mean, with with your rating, with like the explosives you have currently and the explosives... Brynn was able to secure, you're pretty confident you can take out one Dodge Goliath.
4: Okay. Right, so I can deal with one escort fairly confidently. If they have four, we do need to deal with that. I wonder if I could build a shape charge large enough <coughs> that doesn't necessarily disable it, but does launch Bumbles. it off the highway. Bumbles. Yes, Boomer? There's
2: someone I want you to meet. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay.
2: Now... I haven't got a chance to use it very much, or at all, but this is backup plan. And uh, he pulls out a Mitsubishi Yakusoku multi-rocket launcher.
4: It's quite beautiful. Isn't she? Just just the craftsmanship, really. It's, it's wonderful. You, you, want, you want to hold it? I cannot. I'm not strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'll help you. Just shh. <laughs>
1: boomer reaches it on around fumbles, <laughs> helping him hold this rocket launcher
4: it's magnificent feels good yeah it's got a nice weight to it
5: no one no one's gonna take him up on that no one's gonna all right
4: we're sharing a moment don't
2: ruin it
5: <laughs> yeah you're definitely sharing something
4: <laughs> it's a mutual love of explosives <laughs> yeah this thing looks like it kicks ass um Alright, so if I set up the charges to immobilize without completely destroying, he could finish them off. And I certainly have enough explosive to do significant hindrance to four dodge goliaths. Mm Mhm. Cool. This plan will work.
2: So, I'm gonna call up Brutus.
1: Okay. Uh, you call him up. This is Brutus.
2: Hey Brutus, it's Boomer. Hey. How would you like to make a lot of money? I'm listening. I need a bunch of uh, anti-vehicle rockets and missiles. How soon do you think you can get those to me?
1: Define a bunch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's go with four of each.
1: Brutus laughs a bit. He's like, "Hi, hey, um, when did you say you needed them by?"
2: Uh, within the next couple of days or so. Uh,
1: well, I can get you the rockets. Missiles uh no can do, brother.
2: All right, can you just load me up with the rockets then? Sure can. What's it gonna run me for? Uh, let's go with ten.
1: Uh, for ten of them, you're looking at thirty k. All right. Do you want a pickup or discreet delivery?
2: I think I'll pick up.
1: All right, I'll have them waiting at the shop for you. Give me a couple days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, give me a call when you're done. All right. Wow. Well, we got some uh, some extra firepower. It's expensive, but oh, no, it's going to be worth every penny.
4: We have now, presumably, successfully dealt with the four car escort for the <laughs> Mac Hellhound, which leaves the Mac Hellhound operated by two riggers, one driving and one with the shooty bits. I'm open to suggestions. I got
2: extra rockets for the shooty bits.
0: <laughs>
4: we sort of need to get into the cargo container, though.
2: Mouse? Yeah? Could you, like, hack into it and explode the brain or something? Uh,
0: I mean, probably. With a rigger, two riggers, it makes it pretty hard. I need a a way in, though. I imagine that it's a contained... So,
5: the if the cab was separated from the truck, would that break the rigger's control over the The containers yeah well also over the the door to the container
1: i mean yeah it it would be it would the connect the wired connection would be severed okay and it is a system that is set to run wireless or want run wired okay
5: if i can get line of sight i can i can try casting a barrier to maybe cut the cab off from the truck well, that-, that would work. Why didn't you say that before?
4: <laughs> that would be tremendously helpful.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. That
4: would be hilarious. <laughs> well, it would be a shame to see such a majestic beast slain in its prime, but Wait, the are sacrifices
5: there animals we or... make. Are there <laughs> animals no, he's in... just, he really likes this truck. Oh.
0: Oh, like a beast, like grr, like a beast, got it. See, see, I can learn. Sometimes. Yeah, good
2: job, ass.
0: Thanks.
1: All right. So, uh, your plan, as I understand it, is to fake. Somehow get yourself so you can spray a bunch of foam explosive and set charges on the highway before the transport uh, so that you can uh, demolish uh, the escorts that might be um, with this Mac Hellhound um, and uh, then kind of. Drive in a, with Spot, do a bit of a smash and grab, uh, possibly using a magical uh, barrier to uh, separate the front of the Mac Hellhound from the back of the Mac Hellhound, thereby disabling the rail drones, and uh, just smashing and grabbing as best you can. Um, is that does that sound about right to everybody?
2: Boomer describes this with an easel and <laughs> crayon drawings that he has made.
5: Who's doing? grabbing is boomer is that you
2: that's gonna be me probably dot
5: how do we know what to grab at at that point mouse would you be able to tell
2: yeah could you write like some sort of algorithm that scans all the boxes as we look at them to see if that picks up anything
0: um i could work on it i might have to go in but uh, but i'll work on it maybe i can buy a
4: so, scanner
0: from stuffer shack and augmented i don't know <laughs> uh
4: it occurs to me that with dart and boomer in spot they can perhaps do their best to secure the area and then i can drive mouse up in the mach six very very quickly she can hop out do a thing on the crate and then hop back in and we can drive away very very quickly
5: we need to actually steal stuff though
2: Yeah, we can just throw out a couple boxes, it's fine.
0: Oh, well, if I'm in there, I can just open a box and take whatever's in there.
4: I kind of figured as part of securing the area, if possible, Boomer and Dart could, you know, act like thieves, grab stuff and shove them in spot.
2: Yeah, we can secure the area while we're doing that. And then Mouse, you do your thing, and uh, he draws Mouse in the back of the truck. It's just a stick figure with some blue lines on top of
1: it. <laughs> Alright. So it seems like you guys have a plan. And with that, we will end this session.
0: We got a plan, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions, all rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored or specifically approved by the Tops Company Incorporated Shadowrun is a trademark of the Tops Company Incorporated all rights reserved go to www.shadowruntabletop.com for more information